we all have a shaggy impression i feel like it's like a thing that's developed for some reason because everybody can do like mine just you know remember the the movie lilo and stitch yeah yeah yeah, yeah mine just comes from like that, that is the exact that. same part of your mouth yeah <laughs> yeah like that i used to entertain kids with at like birthday parties or when I was, or like, wally wally the wally's theater. the same part of your mouth oh, yes. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to The Greatest Song Ever Sung Poorly. It's the karaoke podcast that is the direct result of when boredom meets fandom. I'm your pumped that hockey is back host, Adam Wainwright. And I am absolutely not watching ice soccer, Ed Kennard. We are not watching ice soccer at all tonight, Ed. We're not even going to talk about ice soccer. Do you know why? Why? Because I have a challenge for you, and I don't want to waste any time. We spend a lot of time at the top of these shows sometimes talking about our lives. Personally, Ed, this week, I don't give a shit. I want to get right down to the good stuff. So are you ready for the Broadway challenge that I promised you last week? Absolutely. Good, because it was going to happen anyway. It'd be real embarrassing if you just got real silent on me. So here's what's going to happen. I have five, maybe six. There might be a bonus involved for you. Musicals from the 1950s. I'm going to start playing them from the beginning. Your job is to name the musical that it comes from. Some of them are more recognizable from the shows. Some of them are going to be a little off the beaten path. So until you give up or I just tap you out because I'm tired of looking at your face and you not saying anything, we're going to rock and roll. Does this sound like a fair challenge you had how many do you think you're gonna get i feel like i'm gonna get two out of five i think you're gonna do at least three i'm gonna put it out right there i was kind of easy kind of maybe we're See, gonna I just assume, i assume you're gonna be mean all the time i know because i'm just a naturally mean-spirited person you always hurt listen. my feelings yeah i i'm a feelings hurter that's what i i have a t-shirt that says that i'm a feelings hurter if I don't, I didn't have one, but now I'm definitely going to have one the next time you see me. Okay, Ed, are, are you ready? We're going to start off real easy. Now, like I said, I tried to pick music like songs that weren't like the most popular from the musical. Okay, but I think you should get this one. So let's let's go. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, here's the first yeah. one. Yeah, I'm gonna need lyrics. Yeah, it's gonna come soon. This has like Peter Gallagher's in this version of it, and it's fantastic. Oh, I already know. Do you? Did I give it away? What time is it? I don't know. Four o'clock. Do you have it now, Ed? It's Guys and Dolls. Uh, it's gonna be. Uh... Can I add a song? How do you like it? You'll know right from the first time Peter Gallagher yeah. is singing. Is he playing Sky Masterson? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Since you still look confused, Ed, the name of this song is My Time, time of, of Day. day. <laughs> yes. Yeah, let's move on. Peter Gallagher is a great choice for that role. Okay, yeah. on to number two. I think you're going to get this one too, okay? Yeah. I'm not giving away actors. I'm not going to say character names. I touch your hand, 
and my arms grow strong like a pair of birds that burst with song. This is one of my favorite musicals. Is this fucking Oklahoma? It's not Oklahoma, no. I'm gonna give you one more guess if you like it. It's one of your favorites. It is. I've used this song as an audition song. Oh. Or a song from this musical as an oh, audition. Oh god. Song. This is this is this is for my fair lady. This is uh It is not for my oh, fair lady. Fuck. I'm gonna tap out. I know we haven't got this, the big part. But. This is the, from the musical South Pacific. Ah, okay. Lieutenant Cable. I've done the Frenchman. Only song I remember from that is Nothing Like a Dame. Or Nothing Yep. But a Dame. Yeah. That's, that's why I didn't want to pick it. There's a couple of really big songs that came from it. Nothing Like a Dame's most popular one. Speaking of which, this is one of the recognizable songs, but definitely not one of the most recognizable songs from the next musical. So good luck. This is from the movie soundtrack of the original movie, actually, that starred a very modern director as a very small child. He just taught a very special song by a traveling musician. Or a traveling huckster, I guess, is more appropriate. Falls in love with a librarian. Okay, so the Music Man. Yes. This is the, the one song in the Music Man that's not, that doesn't involve one of the major characters. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm blanking. But the Music Man, you gave me enough hints. Yeah, that's I'm not calling this a win. No, I'm not either, but I was yeah. going to get you there eventually. Okay, next one's still a highly recognizable musical. What in all in heaven can have prompted her to go? After such a triumph at the ball. What could have depressed her? What could have possessed her? I cannot understand the wretch at all. Women are irrational, that's all there is to that. Their heads are full of cotton hay. Is this red. my fair lady? Yes, this yeah, one is my fair lady. Yeah. Yeah. This is a song that's called A Hymn to Him. Yes. Where he asked the question, I think it's coming up. Pickering, yes. why can't a woman be more like a man? Mm? This is yes. why, in the why wrong circumstances, this is a highly misogynistic uh, uh, musical. But okay, Adira, too. This next one is going to date back to the 1940s now. It's the one that I'm going to switch it up. But it's my favorite tune from there. I'm hoping you know it. The girls today in society go for classical poetry. So to win their hearts, one must vote with This has to be Kiss Me Kate. It is. This is Brush Up Your Shakespeare. Yes, it is. Did you finally watch it? No, but I love this song. Unless you know Shelley and Keats and Pope. Will call you a dope. But the poor widow, I just want to listen to it and come back to it. Will start them simply raving, as the poet people call. The, the poet of Stratford on Avon. Brush up, up your Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Start, start quoting, quoting him, him now. now. 
This is a lesson I learned in life. Yes. Okay, and got one more from the 1950s. I, I thought we had, I thought we hit your five. We did, but we're giving you a bonus question because you struggled so badly and failed so badly on the music, man. So here's one extra one that I think you'll get. A little soft on you. Whatever Lola wants. I know the song by heart, but I do not know what show it's from. Fuck. I sing this to my bulldog who is named Lola. Oh, you should know the background then. My mom was in this musical in high school. Ed is now dancing, everybody, but I don't think he's going to get the musical. No, I'm not. I, I tapped out. When, do you think there's any chance if I gave you a clue? Maybe. You might get it? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to give you the best clue I can possibly think of. The name of this musical has something to do with a New York sports team. Damn Yankees. Yes, it is. This is whatever Lola wants from Damn Yankees. Okay, Ed. That's it. I'm going to give you three. It was not a resounding success or failure. I, I, I was no. decidedly mediocre. Yeah, you were decidedly mediocre. Yeah. yeah, you fell right into what everybody that's listening to this expected you to fall. But I just wanted to kick it off this time, get right into a challenge, have a little bit of fun, play a little bit of music. Uh, what do you think, Ed? Do you think we should do that again sometime? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I'm sure I will fire something back at you next time we do this, you know, because we have a rotation going with how we do these challenges. There is, and there's so many decades of musicals we get into. And like, I know you say golden era. I haven't even touched the 1960s yet. So we can definitely get into the 1960s a little bit for you. But let's do the 30s. The third, I don't know the 30s so well, Ed. Like you're you're going like too far back. Like you're old, but you're not that old. So calm the like calm down a little bit. Damn, son. Okay, Damn. fine. So should we talk about some let's let's talk about some other shit. We get we got a challenge out of the way. Uh yeah. what's our topic today? What do we got going on? Well, I thought I was leading into it perfectly, Adam, but you didn't pick up on my cue. So we are talking about the karaoke rotation. Ooh, the karaoke. This is a controversial topic, Ed. It is in a lot of cases, yeah. There's so many discussions about this that like it's like one of those little nuances that go into a karaoke night that people don't think about. And I think that's why I think it's gonna make a really good talk. Anybody who's gone to karaoke a lot of times has a big opinion on how a rotation should be run yeah and that's specifically what we're talking about we're talking about how those rotations run not about like the advantages or disadvantages of a long or short rotation we, we've kind of covered that i feel like at different points to varying levels of success with different guests the whole nine yards but we haven't actually talked about the rotation itself and how rotations are run now ed you you've hosted karaoke nights you've been a, a guest kj at some bars give us some insight on your philosophy on how you would run a rotation and some of the issues that you would have here's my personal philosophy on a rotation if I'm running a standard karaoke night, because I mean, not every karaoke night is standard. I'm going to run a rotation that, that I believe is fair, which means I'm going to start a rotation off at the beginning of the night. I'm going to call it at a certain point and then start another round of the rotation. My thing is just no matter how you do it, that you do it consistently. So if the first, I don't know, seven singers of a night, you get through that rotation once, well, that's the end of the rotation. You start again at the, at the first singer again. And then if somebody else comes in, you know, well, they're now eighth, ninth, 10th in the rotation that's how i run it at least it's how i i like to run a rotation when i'm when i'm stuck doing karaoke what about you adam how do you how do you like a rotation like i said it's it's a complicated thing i i'm normally on board with that it's tough because like you're getting into like if you're skipping singers because of songs i think to just kick off the topic i'm gonna say i like a rotation where you know i can expect to wait I don't need to work in there. I don't need to be like thrown in there uh, as a seasoned karaoke vet. If I get into a bar, I see there's 15 people on the rotation. I expect to be 16th or whatever it is. Like, even if it's 16, they want to work me in. So 
I even get it if they were to say, whoever's speaking, singing right now, you're going to go right before them next time. You know what I'm saying? That puts me at the very end of the rotation. I'm okay with that. Let's talk about some of the ways a rotation can work. So I think what you were talking about, Ed, is that if there's seven singers to begin the night and somebody new comes in, they become the eighth singer of the night. Yep. So if you're on the second round and you're at the fifth singer, that person is going to be up in three turns. Yep. Okay. So that's what we're talking about. And that's one way to run a rotation is that you say, okay, you're the, now the ninth, 10th singer and like wherever they are in the rotation, this adds you on to the end of the rotation, which if you're the first singer in that rotation can get really fucking annoying because then all of a sudden, if it gets real busy, all of a sudden, then all of a sudden it's just, okay, I thought I was up in three songs and now I'm up in 10 songs because, you know, an entire group just walked in like, it gets a little frustrating from that end or it could. One of the other popular ways or one of the other ways I can have seen rotations run is they just add you on to whoever is singing now, you're going to sing before them next time. So it puts you at the very end of wherever the rotation is. So for example, if the but let's say we have seven singers and the sixth singer is up now, you'll become the sixth singer in the rotation. So they'll put you right before then. So that means six, seven, what's now seven. So it'll be seven, eight, and then goes through the entire rotation before it gets back to you at six. So I've seen those rotations run both ways and there's other intricacies that come into it. And have you seen it run any other way? Yeah, I mean, those are both very fair ways to run a rotation. I, I like them both. I have seen it in places where you're in the rotation more if you know the guy who's running it. I mean, we've been we've benefited from that before. I try very hard not to benefit from that. Like, I'll be I'll be like, hey, I'm turning into a pumpkin. I'll see you later. I, I can put you in for one more song. I'm like, no, I, I've chosen to leave now. So I'm leaving now. Like, please do not put me in where I don't belong. I know, but we have. We've been doing this oh, for 15 yeah. years, Ed. There have been times. And our opinions, our opinions have changed every now and then. We've grown into the karaoke connoisseurs and rad ass dudes that we are. We weren't always this way. No. Back when we were younger and had more hair, or at least you had more hair. I did have more hair. I had less hair on my face. I couldn't grow a glorious beard like I have now. Like we had less cats at that point. Did you have less cats at that point? I did have less cats at that point. Yes. Fewer cats, actually, one should say. We're not going to say when we were younger. We're just going to say when Ed had fewer cats. And that's going to be how we're going to refer to being younger at this point. It's not going to be hair. It's not going to be anything about us. It's going to be back in the days when Ed had fewer cats. But, but like, Ed, okay, let me let me pose a question to you then. Because part of the reason sometimes we get worked in two nights is because we can bring a certain kind of party, certain kind of flair, certain kind of energy. We know how to fit into the room. So we'll run into karaoke DJs that want to work us in the rotation more because we can keep something going that they notice got started. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about interjecting someone because their song or mixing up the rotation or changing the rotation because their song choice fits and keeps a vibe going for a night? It depends entirely on the kind of night that's being run. Like if you are going for an absolute party atmosphere at karaoke, then yes, absolutely. Like work us in. A good karaoke jockey or a good DJ is going to listen to the room. They're not necessarily going for something, but if something emerges, kind of go with it. You know, do you, do you interrupt that? Or do you like change the rotation a little bit or tell somebody to pick a different song? Which one do you think is like fair? Which one would you I prefer? I feel like all of those are, are fair options. There are going to be places where that bar might just be ballad heavy because it's a bunch of old folks who only want to sing that type of song. But that's a tone of night. Okay, so if it's a ballad heavy night, it's a ballad heavy night with old folks and somebody walks in and wants to uh, like um, bust the move or they want to sing, let me clear my throat. It doesn't even need to be you. Let's say it's a ballad heavy thing. They got ballads going on. They get, like that's the, the tone of the night and it's a great tone and everybody's vibing to it. And then somebody comes in and said, I want to sing, I'm cleaning out my closet by Eminem. Yeah, I feel like no matter which way you go, if somebody wants to bring in a ballad or if somebody wants to bring in like a showstopper, you know, it's 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 the KJ's discretion. It's it is the KJ's discretion, but we're talking about this now. Like, have an opinion about it. I don't want to I don't want to hear the KJ's opinion. 
you are the KJ. You're the man in charge. What do you think? For me, I, my thing is the karaoke is about the singers. If it's a night that's advertised as a karaoke night, it doesn't matter to me what somebody wants to sing. I would just put them up next. You know, so you would stick to the rotation. Absolutely, yeah, like religiously stick to the rotation. Yeah, okay. I would. What, how else? Do, how else do you advertise a karaoke night that's not about the singers? Well, have you ever seen a place that advertises like karaoke and DJ nights? No, I don't think I've ever seen that unique one. So, like, that's that's the big distinction for me. Is like if I'm going to a place, I want to hear people sing. I don't care how much I sing. I just want to hear people in the bar singing and having a good time. I do not want to interrupt the karaoke of the night with a 30 minute dance song break. Like to me, that's, that's the sin. Okay. But how do you stick to like, okay, let's say you're not having like a dance break in there, but they're like, want to change up the rotation to fit a vibe of the night. You don't think you can karaoke DJ should switch up the fit the vibe of the night. Is that not how you like agree to like move forward with the rotation? Do you think there's like some kind of breach of contract that's happening at that point? Not exactly. Again, it always is contingent upon where you are and what the, what the night is like. I, I will never complain about how somebody runs a rotation provided they don't insert themselves every other song or insert their oh, friends, yeah. you know, like that kind of bias like that. Obviously, like nobody likes that kind of shit. Let's cover something right now. Let's get this out of the way because part of the rotation is always the karaoke jockey. And they're, it's great. They should be part of the rotation. A, because they can make sure that sounds so good as the night goes on. Because if they're a good karaoke jockey, they're making adjustments for singers throughout the course of the night. So when they're at the top of the rotation or at a certain point, they come back around to the top of the rotation. Because the first person you're going to hear sing at any karaoke night, I think this is like to a T, every night I've been to, everywhere I've gone, the first person you sing, hear sing is the karaoke jockey. Has that ever varied for you, Ed? Or is that something that we can steadfastly say, if you're at a karaoke night at the very beginning of a karaoke, night the first voice the first person you're gonna hear sing is the karaoke i say like 90 percent of the time 90 percent of the time and if it's not then you have a bad karaoke job no alternatively no, i will no say, no i don't no i'm gonna i would say i would like i like the people who will take somebody else and tweak everything based off somebody else so they have full attention on the board they need to know their voice though they need to know the voice of the person that's singing so they know what makes them sound they have to know the person it has to be a regular it can't yeah. be but like so okay so immediately like either you're hearing the karaoke jockey or hearing a friend of the karaoke jockey yes. or a regular that's coming out yeah. that you're going to hear all the time if you go to that place is that a more roundabout that's statement more, yes that's more like what i was getting at yes because the sound check's always going to be the first thing that happens over the course of any evening and the karaoke jockey should be there at the top of everything because they're making those adjustments it gives them a chance to rebalance so they'll have that same person coming up they know is gonna be with them throughout the entire night it's gonna be them they can check their all like their levels make sure they're still on the right track kind of re recalibrate to a certain extent okay karaoke jockeys and some of you have to listen to this right we can get karaoke jockeys to listen to this podcast right Ed? i believe so yeah if you're in the rotation more than once you need to knock the fuck off you mean more than once in a single rotation yeah yeah nobody absolutely. nobody needs to hear you sing twice i don't care how pretty you think your voice is i don't need to hear you sing twice you're pulling away from somebody else once i don't give a shit how short that rotation is either it has nothing to do with it the people that are in a short rotation are all there to sing karaoke nobody wants to hear you nobody cares i just don't care ed i don't care if somebody can sing i don't care how well they can sing i just don't care i want to hear them once i love hearing karaoke jockeys i think they should be involved I, they shouldn't be involved more than any other person is involved in that rotation regulars shouldn't be involved more either i agree with that wholeheartedly but it happens it happens right it does do you have a, a particular egregious memory of this happening i do remember being in a bar where the host inserted himself into making every song a duet oh. and i'm like what the fuck is up with this guy 
that's the that's normally yeah. like some fucking drunk asshole that gets a hold of the second mic and just doesn't want to leave the stage and nobody's willing to like physically remove him from the stage it's normally and it wasn't like there are some places who actually have like a standard of how people should sound i i don't like stuff like that typically i want to hear the bad singers and the good singers what do you mean a standard for how people should stand, sound do you mean like if you suck don't don't even bother yeah there are definitely places that are set up that way how do they know who sucks though like, how do you screen that? Do you have to, like, audition? Is there fucking, like, what is a Simon Cowell sitting outside the bar? Like, sing a note for me. And if you can't, then fuck you. In places I've been where it's like that. I mean, if you sing once and you sing badly, they're not, their rotation is not putting you up again. Really? I've, I've seen that, yeah. But I've also seen, like, hosts help out when somebody's really struggling. Well, that that's not bad necessarily all the but time. But when either. you do that with every single singer, every single singer is not really struggling. No, they yeah. shouldn't do it with every single singer. Like, no, no, no. I, I, I feel that. But sometimes it helps, though. Like, if yeah. somebody is really struggling. Like, I've seen that where they're clearly, like, their friend named Ed Kennard forced them to get up there and sing karaoke against that their will. That does not and sound like anything I would ever do. It sounds like everything you've ever done. <laughs> it sounds like every karaoke night you go to where you find somebody that's like, oh, never sang karaoke before. Well, fuck you. Tonight's going to be the first night you do. Ha <laughs> ha. Go. yeah that does sound like me yeah that's that's what you do because yeah. you know all the karaoke jockeys so you just bring them up there and like introduce them like this person's gonna work into the rotation right now okay we're kind of let's let's we straight a little bit we talked about karaoke jockeys they shouldn't insert themselves into rotation what about monetizing what about tipping to move up in the rotation what do you think about that i have seen people offer hosts exorbitant amount of money to be able to sing next or soon. And I kind of hate that, but I kind of love it. And I will tell you the specific instance where I love it because I've seen this happen at least five times where somebody goes, what's an exorbitant amount of money? Can we clarify that for everybody? Adam, would you pay $100 to sing sooner? I would never, I wouldn't spend $100 to sing on a karaoke night ever. I have seen people offer hosts up to $100 to move them up in the rotation. And I love it when a host says like, no, I'm absolutely not doing that. Like, that's not how I run my stuff. Except when that drunk asshole was already ready to be up next and sing. At that point, if, if you want if it was like, I'll, I'll give you $100 to put me up next. And they were next in the rotation. Take that idiot's money. Just do it. Oh, yeah. Take all the money. Guys, I don't know if we've talked about this. I think we mentioned every now and then you should be tipping your karaoke host. Absolutely. 100%. They, they work really hard over the course of the night to keep everything they deal with shit that we've talked about on the show a whole lot like you should be tipping them i mean they're, they're your musical bartender absolutely and i mean let's face it the amount that a, a karaoke host gets paid these days is a lot less than it used to be 10 15 20 years ago that was 300 yeah what do you think okay now we're straying from the topic a little bit but you you kind of open this store why do you think that is ed what do you think the price they're going for a good karaoke host is has declined? Do you think it's technology? Do you think it's like just a change in bar culture? What what do you think it is? So I have a I have a spicier take on this that that gets me some hate in some circles. A part a portion of that is the open availability of karaoke hosts because anybody right now can download a hundred thousand songs on a hard drive, scrabble together equipment, and host a night. Here's where I get the, here's where I get the hate from people is that I don't care if they're a hundred percent above board legal. I care as this is a good karaoke night. Is this a fun time? Yeah. And so one of the, one of the, one of the issues with the with the lower barrier of entry, it, to me, it's not the fact that people are getting in cheaper and you know maybe not necessarily legally. It's that if anyone can get in, you're going to have some really boring hosts who don't know how to run a night. Yeah, you are. And there, yeah, we, we can talk about this till we turn blue in the face. We talked to enough karaoke DJs now. I'm sure we'll talk to many more in the future. And probably like, one in the next ten to fifteen minutes. Chances are we'll talk to one in the next ten to fifteen minutes or earlier. 
depending on how things go here. But yeah, we're, we're going to talk to another one. And like every single one of them works hard there. They work hard at perfecting their craft of delivering something. They each bring something different to the table. And it takes a lot more than you think to run a karaoke night. So be kind to your DJs, especially when it comes to the rotation. And, and the thing I love about the person that we're going to be talking to a little bit later is even though I said that my ideal rotation is that like very regimented sing one, bring one kind of rotation. I mean, she hosts nights that are events. And in my head, that's not like a regular karaoke night. Like these are big events. If you mark it as a karaoke event, I think that's different than a karaoke night. That's how you would market it right there. Remember, I asked, I asked that question earlier, but I think that's how you market it as a karaoke event. I think you have more leeway there. Oh, there is another question that I have about the rotation, and it directly concerns you and I. Oh, is this duets? It is. That's my next question about the rotation. Do you think if one of us were to enter a duet, because Ed and I do get asked to do two specific duets that we've talked about all the time here. Do you think that should count as one person's song? Do you think that should count as both of their songs? Like, how do you think that should be handled when you're talking about duets? Because what you create is that if there's four friends that are in rotation or four people at the bar and they all want to sing duets, it's the same motherfuckers up there singing four times in a row. And it's, all, it's often not a duet. It's the one friend who likes to sing, singing with their friend who's holding the mic very far away from their face. Exactly. That's what happens. So you get the same person singing four times in a row with four different people. What do you think about this? When we sing together, we, I think this has varied a little through the years too, but we generally have a standard practice that it, I think we developed to a practice that this counts as both of our songs. We sing a duet. If, it, if it's a busy night, a duet is both of our songs. If it's not a busy night, a duet is one of our songs and we'll probably do the other duet in the same rotation. And we will or we'll split them over the course of rotation or whatever. But what be, we but... won't do is we're not going to duet with other friends of ours in that rotation. Yeah, well, no. Well, it happens sometimes. So we get, I think the you see picture, I think it's shallow right now where somebody will come up to us and be like, hey, you, you, you sing pretty good. Can you sing shallow with me? At this mm. point, I'm going to make them wait. I can mouth fucking words for shallow. I, I'm, no, I'm no Bradley Cooper, though. You are no Bradley Cooper. I know. I wish I was. I wish you were too. I, I know everybody does. It would make staring at the screen, you know, every other week a lot easier. Much more tolerable. Much more tolerable, Ed. Much <laughs> more tolerable. That man is. Whoo. I mean, you're not a bad looking guy, but you're not Bradley Cooper. I'm not a bad looking guy, but I definitely am not Bradley Cooper. And I can recognize that in myself that I do not have that hangover swag. I don't have that fucking, I don't remember the name of the movie where he sings Shallow. The Star is Born. Star is Born. I don't have that Star of Born like guitar. I'm trying to be Matthew McConaughey swag. And I, I apologize for also not being Bradley Cooper. Listen, like let's, I, I was never expecting you to be the Bradley Cooper. Honestly, you're just the adorable teddy bear that you are. But like, Ed, so we're going to take another tangent here so of all the remarks that we've made about celebrities now and all the challenges that we've issued and all the things that we've done you know we've picked fights with r kelly i think we won Bruce, that one by default we do because he's a fucking loser at life so we're automatically winners yeah um but we've had other like little like shots and barbs like there's just no way this is ever going to get back to this person so let's fucking say whatever we want on this i guarantee you that the one comment that will get back to somebody is us talking shit on Bradley Cooper or me specifically talking shit about Bradley Cooper. But you didn't talk shit on Bradley Cooper. I did. I just said he was the Matthew McConaughey trying motherfucker from a star is born. He's trying to be Matthew McConaughey. Oh, next thing you know, Bradley Cooper's going to be doing car commercials. Oh, no. Like really artistic ones, too. Why are you going to pick up for like a real shitty car? Like that's the next Prius thing that's going to happen. Is they're just going to be like, we're going to see Bradley Cooper doing shitty Prius commercials. If you tell me Bradley Cooper's already doing like Prius commercials, I'm going to show. No, I just, I, 
as a Prius owner, I just, I feel attacked. I, well, I, I purposely picked Prius because I knew you were a Prius <laughs> owner. Like that wasn't a mistake that I did that. Oh shit. Uh, Bradley, I'm so sorry if you, for some reason were to ever hear this, like, cause I just feel like you are. And I'm so sorry. I sorry. No, that's all I got. Okay. Where the fuck were we at? I love this. Like, but where were we? We were talking about, oh, duets. So what's the standard practice? Do you think, do you think people should give up their spot in the rotation? If they're going to be part of a duet, do you think it should count as one person's song and one of the other ones can still sing? Like, how do you think duets should be handled? I thought that was asked and answered, Adam. Well, what did we determine? I let's just <laughs> pretend like I, let's pretend like I forgot. What do you think we determine? I, I feel like it's 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 dealer's choice on that. I mean, the KJ is the person who's running the night. What they allow is what they allow. You know, whether it's what you want or what I want or what anybody wants, it's their night. It's their party. If Ed's running the karaoke that night, what's he? Oh, he, he's going to say no. Yeah, yeah. You put a duet song in, you can duet with that same person again. Otherwise, no, n- no more duetting with other people. You Mike Hogg, you, okay. ar- you arrogant bastard. That's fair. Is there anything else we need to cover as far as rotation said? Is there any tips for like getting, is it help to get on the KJ's good side? Do you think that influences in any way? Any, anything we may have missed? Uh, you probably will not win any favor with your host by asking them repeatedly through the night. When am I up next? When am I up next? When I guess, when do I get Please to sing? Do that. Yeah, that's, that's annoying. Don't do that. I mean, if they actually miss you, I mean, yeah, absolutely let them know, but just sit back, enjoy the night. Yeah, exactly. Don't, yeah, speak up if you feel like they missed you or it gets suspiciously long since you've been up and you notice that, okay, it was a vibe of the night maybe they're going with, but now that this person's singing that fucking song that's in all the puppy commercials. Like, you know what I'm talking about though? Like it was vibing, but now they let, what's what's the song from the puppy commercials? Sarah McLaughlin Angel? Yeah, they, somebody sings Angel all of a sudden. That's when it's appropriate to ask whether you're still in the rotation but other than that that's the rotation everybody if you have any questions you can always 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 hit us up on twitter send us an email all this the shit we normally talk about at the end of the show but i feel like we plug it and do you know who else would probably who else would have an opinion about the rotation i feel like our next guest will uh since she is a karaoke host who runs event nights and is just fantastic and i'm very excited for this conversation Ooh, maybe we should really shut the fuck up then and just cue the guitar really <laughs> When researching a previous episode, we came across a brilliant video of a compilation of karaoke performances of Don't Stop Believin', currently tied for number two of the songs our guests would magically strike from all karaoke books if they could. So we reached out to the person behind that video and found someone who really lives up to the hype of an entertainer, DJ Baby Van Beasley. Welcome to the greatest song ever sung poorly. Yeah, got it in one, guys. Got it in one. Nailed it. You said so many words, Adam. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of me, too. I'm so happy. Vanessa, thanks for joining us. Welcome. Yes, you're so welcome. Thanks for having me. I am super duper excited to talk all things karaoke right now. Yeah, we're always excited to talk to somebody who's ready to talk about karaoke and yeah it's literally our favorite thing that's why we that's why we do this i get it it's been like a huge part of my entire adult life so this is great i mean you're in good company here Ooh, (laughs) excellent so because of that well so we've learned things about you because you have a website so that's think of that what you will but you mentioned leaving your gig as a corporate cpa more than 10 years ago to begin your career as dj and kj so why yeah great question My job as a CPA uh, in my early 20s was like the springboard to DJ Baby Van Beasley being a thing. I just 
I was working in a like very corporate office, uh, wearing business casual and slowly losing my mind and sitting there like tapping at my keyboard being like, yes, I am a normal human like the rest of you normal humans. <laughs> but inside just like, you know, really feeling bored and not like myself. And I would uh, go and walk to the printer to get, because I, I prepared tax returns. So I would go and I would um, uh, go get tax returns uh, from the printer and I'd always walk by this nameplate that said Barbara Von Bogart. And every time I'd see the name, it would get stuck in my head, and I would go, Hey, Barbara Von Bogart, Babs Van Bizzle, Baby Van Beasley, <laughs> and I kept, like, changing the name. And then I finally hit this, like, breaking point where I was like, I am too young to be this miserable, and whatever, I, I need to start over and do something that is the most fun thing I can think of. And at the time, like, my favorite thing to do was go to karaoke. So I quit my job and did a Kickstarter to raise enough money to get some equipment and decided to take with me from that job something to springboard the new life. And that was the name Baby Van Beasley. Thank you, Barbara Von Bogart, if you're still out there. <laughs> and yeah, and then I started hosting karaoke and it's I've been doing it for 11 years now. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's something I think you're kind of living the dream in a way, I guess, would be, yeah, living the dream a little, right, Ed? I mean, if you can make money doing something you love, you know, absolutely, that is that is the dream, no one. Yeah. Most people work because they just want money. Money to live. Oh, totally. I, I love every second of it. I, I was concerned at first because, you know, going out to karaoke was such a stress reliever and so it's like uh -huh. such a big part of my social life. I was worried, well, working in this kind of kill the magic, but it wasn't the case at all. I discovered this is truly the one thing I'm best at and so good at it. And it's my calling is to karaoke host. And then eventually that spun off into DJing, which is, you know, my parallel calling. A few episodes back, I forget how many, I mentioned that I don't personally like the term KJ just because of how different DJing a, a set is from hosting a karaoke night. But I mean, I use it. It's it's the it's the lingua franca of karaoke. So I, I do use it. But I'm curious, like what differences and similarities do you find between DJing and doing karaoke as a host as you do both? Yeah, they're they're extremely different. But I I will say that there's a lot of overlap too. When I first started my my business as Baby Van Beasley, I was exclusively doing karaoke. But I was, I always did things a little differently. For one thing, my filler tunes are really important to me. Like I don't let software, the, my karaoke software run my filler tunes. Cause it, that is like when one song ends, like the vibe doesn't stop. So I'm really specific on choosing what filler tune is gonna come in and at what point in the song. And so I was kind of using, still using music and curating a night. So like, you know, if, Someone finishes singing like, bam, we're coming in hard on uh, on another party song just to keep the vibe up and keep the dance floor moving. Reading a room and curating a night is kind of where DJing and KJing overlap for me. Uh, the other thing I do a little differently is I'm not always really strict on rotation. I When I first started KJing, I had a rule like no ballads after midnight. <laughs> so, That's a good rule. Yeah, I mean, like I, I really wanted a dance floor and a dance party at my karaoke nights. And I wanted I wanted to make moments and have people leaving like with that primal energy of like we've all sweat all over each other that you get like in a nightclub. So I really learned from karaoke hosting that way how to read a room and how to select tunes that are gonna that are gonna keep the vibe going. I and in my opinion, DJing like selecting the right tunes at the right time is the job. Like that is the number one most important thing. And then after that, you get in your t you hone your technique and you hone your transitions and 
uh, make the music blend well. But selecting the right tunes at the right time, that's number one. And I learned that from karaoke hosting. So that's kind of the differences and, and the overlaps. Yeah, that's really interesting. Like I never, I don't know, that's something I guess I, it's probably happened with some of the KJs that we've had where they chose their filler tunes and stuff like that. But it's not something I've ever really picked up on, but it's really interesting. I can see how it affect the tune. And I, the rule, I, it really is great, by the way, no ballads after midnight. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. So you've talked a lot about KJing and like how this is, you know, your calling and the thing that you're made, like born to do is like KJ, TJ. Like, well, how did you get started in karaoke in the first place? Like you were like, how did you discover it? Tell us the origin story. That's what we really want. Oh, man. You know what? I've never told, I've never talked about it like this before. So this is exciting to, to dig into that archive. My like first experience ever with karaoke was I went to Best Buy and me and my friend, like I was a like into musical theater in high school, but not a good singer at all. Like I got into the plays because my mom could sew costumes, but like I, my singing was awful. Like I sounded like a like prepubescent, <laughs> la, la, la. <laughs> like I, I was just like, I'm pretending to sing because that's what people do. Mm-hmm. Hadn't like found my voice. So my musical theater friend and I went to Best Buy and we bought like, like the machine was this big. Like it was the size of a basketball. And uh, I was like, hey, we'll buy a couple um, karaoke discs. This will be like fun and stupid to play around with at home. And we put it on and I sang the Shoop Shoop song by Cher. And what came out of me was the most uncanny Cher impression you will ever hear. Like lo and behold, like I sang exactly like Cher. And so that kind of started leading to like, oh, I'm like finding how my voice works now and discovering new songs. And we had all these living room karaoke parties and then and then got brave enough to eventually like take it out to the bar and was discovering when I was out at, at bars singing like, I'm going to like horn toot here for a second, but I was like fucking show stopping <laughs> karaoke. Like, yeah, I, I was like show stopping and people were like buying me drinks and like, you are amazing at karaoke and like really getting that positive feedback and reinforcement and... Yeah, then eventually I had an apartment that was across the street from one of Seattle's most notorious seven-day-a-week spots, and I was just there all the time, like back in my 20s when I could like drink that often and survive to tell. So, and, then I, and then I started doing some contests. So I'm actually like a two-time Washington State Karaoke World Championship winner. I didn't do so well on the national level. I think they were looking for somebody more like American Idol-y and diva-y, and like I'm more like hammy and like comedy and showmanship side. I'm a, I'm a good singer, but I'm not like a, I'm no Mariah Carey. So, um, but uh, yeah, I was just, I was getting a lot of good feedback about, about how I was performing. And then, yeah, then that's kind of what led to me making the decision to make it my job when I quit being a CPA. That's awesome. Now that this is your job, you differ from a lot of other karaoke hosts. Cause like you do corporate gigs and you do like big event things. Do any companies bring in karaoke for their events? Or is that primarily like a dance party situation or just background music for a bunch of <laughs> I do lots like of corporate me? karaoke. In fact, I do so many private events. This is my full-time job. I support a family of four on my business between DJing and karaoke hosting. There is lots of corporate karaoke and it really ranges in tone like from like okay am I the only one singing to you guys tonight or um get out of the way Beasley like here we come (laughs) yeah I mean I've I've hosted karaoke for you know holiday parties summer parties yeah it's it's super common here in fact uh, one of our major corporate tech companies out here in Seattle was having me come out monthly and just doing like a cocktail hour in their office it's awesome just like kind of a let their hair down opportunity that's fantastic. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. My company now does karaoke at their Christmas parties because the owner's wife's like, you really like karaoke, don't you? I'm like, yeah. And then all of a sudden they started bringing in a, a karaoke person and DJ for 
our things. I'm like, guys, now I'm now I feel really on the spot. Like I like karaoke. Like I think you think I'm a really good singer. I'm about to prove you very wrong. <laughs> but you're like the reason why KJ's love KJing. Like, you know, I, I gotta be honest, like when the diva y people step in, I'm like, okay, cool. Like that's fun to hear. But like I would much prefer like just medium quality singer who just gives the performance of a lifetime over the like super like last yeah. girls that come in, you know? So. I think I think they just described us perfectly. Like, yeah, she, yeah. that's that's basically us right there. That's yeah, we just yeah, we go in there, and commit to it. So okay, so let's flip the script a little bit right now. Okay, so we talked about the corporate gigs, and it trickled back to me that you have burlesque karaoke nights, and they sound like a ton of fun. And I would love to know more and about how they got started. Oh my god, just- I would love to tell you every single thing about burlesque karaoke because not exaggerating. This show is the single greatest gig I've had in my 11 year career. And it's like, it truly feeds my soul. It is magic, magic on magic on magic. In 2019, I got a direct message from a burlesque performer here in Seattle named Ruby Mimosa. And she is incredible, just like dynamite performer. And and I didn't know too much about burlesque at the time. Like I had seen it at corporate events I work at, seen like people come and perform burlesque and I knew of it as an art form, but I had no idea about the community, what it was all about. So when Ruby hit me up to do this show and brought me in, I, I was like, sure, like, let's do this. This sounds great. And I walked into the bar to just a packed, like fucking packed house. Had to be maybe like, uh, I don't know, 175 people or something. And the, the burlesque community mobs deep. Like they they are really supportive, like super inclusive, super awesome, positive, just there for a good time. And uh, Ruby had booked these uh, amazing performers to be on the show. So the way it works is people turn in songs to me and oh my God, it was the flood of, the influx of requests. Like I was just like getting them in the computer as fast as, I was just like breaking a sweat, uh, getting them all in. Like people were that like ready to participate. And she booked this cast of performers that came out and it just blew my mind. Like I had no idea how incredible the art form of burlesque is and the, the like the beautiful art of performance along with the community and then people singing karaoke on top of it like my other love it was just this like this marriage of all awesome things and the performances that these entertainers brought out had my jaw dropped i was speechless i'm seeing these like i wouldn't even know how to outro people because my jaw was just on the floor so the way it works is people turn in songs and i bring them up and they sing while burlesque performers strip they each strip over three songs so they kind of come prepared to like to strip for three numbers and they have no idea what they're going to be stripping to it's all improvised for them i I feel like my role is to really try and um, continue to do what I do best, which is curate the night and set the vibe and, you know, grow and shrink the energy to um, to create moments. And uh, I do a lot of, I'll go on to Instagram before the performers come in and try to get an idea of what their vibe is so I can know what are the best songs to pitch to them. Because again, I don't, I don't really like to follow a strict first come first serve rotation. I like mm. to put songs in an order that's gonna make moments and make the night have a zenith and then, uh, and then I crawl back down and then another zenith. Um, so, and it's just so busy that people are really understanding of like, well, if I have to wait two hours, I have to wait two hours. That's the other nice thing about the burlesque community is that I, I wasn't feeling like the audience that comes to this show is like really like whiny about when's my turn. Like they're just like, we're just here and having a good time. And if we sing great and if not, we're just happy to be here. That's sincerely like really really so lovely i love i love this so much okay so i have to have asked the follow-up then because you said you try to control the the rhythm of the night and the zenith so during one of these burlesque karaoke sessions have you ever had a really weird three song stretch that you kind of got backed into a corner <laughs> with that somebody needed to strip to like a very odd combination of songs you have a memorable one that sticks out in your mind i can't have a i can't think of a memorable one during our live show but 
like Ruby and I got together and we made burlesque karaoke work on Zoom for all of the pandemic. And we, it was a lot of trial and error and like working out the tech of it. And uh, we had some like delightfully awkward moments <laughs> with that. But it honestly, it still is like just as magic on Zoom. Uh, but like what some of the awkward moments I can think of would be when the singers, because the singers had to sing from their own device because of lag. So they would have to play their own music and sing. And you know how Zoom will correct audio. So sometimes, the, they would start singing and the music would drop out and they would be acapella. I would vibe it out and sometimes I'd be like, hey, uh, just so you know, you, you know, and other times I was just like, we're this far, we've come this far, we're finishing it. <laughs> and yeah, I can, there's a, several moments with that where like, you know, I was a stripper, just or a, a burlesque performer stripping to just an, a, an acapella of someone singing and they aren't always professional singers that are participating. So <laughs> if you can imagine how that comes out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering what the least sexy song to perform burlesque to would be. Wow. The least. The least sexy song to perform burlesque the to? The least sexy song. I mean, they've really they've really made it work to some things. I, I will say, um, I remember one of our performers, um, Jamie Von Stratton, an incredible burlesque performer and costume maker here in Seattle, um, did a, just really had to like gut through Sin Wagon. <laughs> <laughs> it had a really long country outtone. She like made eyes with me like, please end this. And she's like doing a hoedown. <laughs> and I was like, I'm so sorry, I'm gonna fade this <laughs> Great song, but you know, maybe not for burlesque. <laughs> I, I just had a picture of like, one of the songs that I like to do early in the night when it's slower, because like I can sing, you, the way you do Cher, I can do Johnny Cash. That's my magic trick when I go to karaoke, was I can just imagine like singing Hurts by Johnny Cash and a burlesque like. <laughs> Somebody doing burlesque trying to strip the hurt by Johnny Cash. Yeah, you know, yeah. I could see them making hurt sexy. I could see that. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's it's slow and languid, and there's definitely sensual moves you can do all that. I was thinking maybe Tiptoe Through the Tulips by Tiny Tim, if somebody could hit that falsetto. <laughs> that might be disconcerting. Sure. <laughs> so the other thing that I love about what you do is that obviously you do weddings because that's another like big money maker for a private independent business DJ. And you do karaoke weddings. Can you tell us about the karaoke weddings you've done? Because I want to see if my idea has been done yet. Yeah, I do tons of karaoke weddings. Um, but I always tell couples when they're kind of like on the fence of whether or not they should have it is you should only have karaoke your wedding if you know like your friends are here for it. If it's just two or three of you or even five of you that like karaoke and the rest are not so much, it can get really awkward or like just five people take over the dance floor and that's those are the only people having fun. So uh, if you're gonna do karaoke wedding, like make sure your guests are here for it. And I have had lots of weddings where the guests are here for it and it's a blast. I run it a little differently. I don't like to do, this is the dancing hour and this is the karaoke hour. I like to kind of weave them together organically. So if I'm DJing and we've hit like a 90s hip hop block and then someone turns in Shoop, I'm gonna like pull them up to sing Shoop and work it into the block. And then I can change the vibe and go on to like, let's do some 80s or let's do some EDM or whatever. So I try to make the karaoke work with the dance floor. And if, uh, and that's that works particularly well if it's like just not too many people are turning in songs. But you know, if there's the weddings where they're here for it and it's just a regular karaoke party and people are, I'm getting so many requests that we have, we're having a night, then I, I kind of run it the way I would at the bar. That sounds awesome. Literally everyone I've dated in the past, I don't know, how, we've been doing this, what, 15 years, Adam? Something like that, yeah. Every single person I've dated in that time, unless it was like on a dating app, every single person is somebody who I met at karaoke. All my friends are karaoke people. So I always said, if I ever get married again, my wedding will be a karaoke wedding with no DJ music. It'll work. Everything gets done. You have a, uh, you know, we need somebody to sing whatever the song is. You do a garter thing at this wedding, somebody's got to sing Let's Get It On. And like having signups for the specific songs in advance. But I mean, I'm 
most realistically not ever doing the whole marriage thing again. But if I do, that's the way I want to. I'm actually <laughs> speechless at how good of an idea that is. <laughs> you, you, you can steal it. I, I would love to bring more karaoke joy and romance to uh, to the world, especially. Yeah, I'm, I'm full, full out stealing that. But if you do decide to get married, you better be calling me. I will fly out. I want to do that wedding. <laughs> I want to book that wedding. <laughs> I can't wait to be a part of that wedding. That's yeah. Ed, you should just get married just for like, just so you can have the wedding. Like it doesn't even be anything fancy. I mean, you do have a wedding coming up, Adam. I mean, I know, I know uh, that my fiance is not going to go for the full on karaoke. Mazel tov. That's exciting. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very, very new. Very exciting. We just got engaged about four weeks ago. Oh, that so is we're very, in very, very early stages, but we can't, I can't sell her a karaoke wedding. That's not, I'm going to try to sell her like karaoke the night before or something like that. And we're going to see if we can make that happen. That's a great idea. <laughs> what in your mind is the ideal vibe of a karaoke night? You've kind of alluded to it, but like what, like if you had your magical perfect night, what would that look like? Yeah, that's a, that's an awesome question. My, like my ideal karaoke night is, feels like you're in a nightclub, like packed dance floor, people moving uh, the whole night and, uh, and just high vibe party songs, like through and through, just like super wasted crowd. <laughs> totally vibing it. On top of that, this is like me asking for the karaoke unicorn. Like nobody whining about when their turn is. Like oh. everybody just uh, just there for the good time. Tipping is nice. Get throwing cash in the bucket. Love that always. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. But yeah, no. For, as far as like vibe goes, I just want people dancing, and having a good time. Do you have like a most memorable karaoke night that you've ever hosted? Like where you had the karaoke unicorn card? Can you just tell us about it? Like what made it so special and what happened? What what elements came together to make that like the unicorn happen? This this night goes down in history. Um, it was an August. I can't remember what year. Oh, it was actually about like 10 years ago. So early in my career, like maybe nine or 10 years ago. And it was at my very first uh, weekly gig here in Seattle at a bar called The Attic. It was kind of like sports bar-y, like down on the on the lake by the water here. And it was just happened to be a weekend that a lot of people I went to high school with were in town uh, and all my regulars came out and it was just like slammed. Like everyone was in there and we, we were hitting all your like early 2000s favorites of pop, like, you know, all the hip hop and it was, um, we would I, would, I would always do these sort of like dance interludes where it's like, okay, we've been karaoke and hard for a while. And, you know, I, the next few songs I, I'm seeing on the lineup are not as like heavy hitter. So I would just like stop and do like dance break interludes. And we, people are like on the tables. I used to do this thing where I would like swing from the rafters and do pull-ups on, um, on the rafters. And like whenever the, like, the, um, the song would hit the drop, like we, we would do party rock anthem all the time because that was like really big then. And like the minute they would hit the every day I'm shuffling, then I would like fly up off the ground and do start doing pull-ups on the rafters. <laughs> and everyone's just like, ah! <laughs> I remember a good friend of mine from high school, uh, Alicia Soper, getting up and, and singing Firework. And it was like the performance of a lifetime of Katy Perry's Firework. Like the entire, you know how that song is just so positive, like so much positivity. And it has those big like pop music drops. And I just remember mm -hmm. when the when the hook would drop, just the whole room, like like sea of arms in the air. Like it, it really just felt like a, a festival or a nightclub that night. I, I haven't seen like a vibe that hard since then. I've had a lot of good like, dance floor party nights in karaoke but it's never like like the love in the room that night it was magic <laughs> i've never had such a feeling of of fomo as i do right <laughs> now because that just sounds epic uh so you're saying that basically was you know your best shot at the one perfect karaoke night right 
Uh, it was it was the one yeah it was the one perfect karaoke night for sure fantastic <laughs> yeah now we're gonna hit you with our best shot or you're gonna hit us with your best shot i'm not really sure how this game works it's adam's idea but it is our quick fire game where we ask you five questions and you come up with five answers okay they should be quick fire but it never ends up actually working that way so however you want to play it is how we're gonna play it does that sound good to you we're going to give you a question. The first thing that pops into your head, that's what we want as your answer. We don't want you to sit there and debate it too much. That's all we're getting at. Yeah, don't debate it, but you can give us as much context as you want. Got you it. know what I mean? Got it. All right. So are you ready to hit us with your best shot, Vanessa? I'm ready to hit you with your, my best Fantastic. shot. <laughs> kind of answered this one, so I'm going to just tweak it a little bit. What's the best single performance you have seen at karaoke? Oh, it was at Burlesque Rokey. We had a... It was a Halloween performance at Burlesque Rokey and a person came and sang an, an operatic aria while one of the burlesque performers was roller skating and holding a glowing like globe. It was like a moon glowing moon lamp, roller skating with his moon, like witchy moon lamp while someone was singing opera. And it was like dead on. Like this was like a professionally trained opera singer. That is <laughs> That's the most amazing thing I've ever heard happening at karaoke. Okay. <laughs> so what's what's the worst thing you've seen at karaoke? You know, we we had some like very broy dudes once come into my residence during uh, Obama election and they mm. were singing a lot of patriotic stuff and it was very targeted. Yeah, I I honestly was the closest I've ever come to just shutting the music off. Cuz we get out of here guys. Not to like politicize our podcast here, but um we've, we've uh, done that already. Don't worry okay. about it. Yeah, that's Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's I, I wasn't pumped on it. It was, yeah, it was like American flaggy and like it, it, it was, but I mean, you know, not to say it's wrong to be patriotic, but like, but it was very targeted. Uh, it had a, a proud boy vibe and I was just not happy about it. Yeah, I, I, that wouldn't be fun for me either. But last night, somebody really, really butchered I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston so bad I had to like go to the back room and be like, I just need a break. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what is the one song you would love to do at karaoke that you have never been able to find? Never been able to find? Well, I am, I'm a huge emo fan. Like I DJ an emo night and there's a lot of like emo songs that I can't find in karaoke that, I mean, without like, you know, illegally acquiring them. Cause there's, as you probably know, there's like a lot of copyright stuff when it comes to KJing. Like there's things I can like rip from YouTube if I wanted to be uh, breaking the law, but there, there's some emo tracks. I can't, the, none of the names are hitting my brain right now. Like things I've wanted to scream along to. Could you give us maybe a band or something like that? You don't like, is there, is there like a specific band or something that jumps into your head? Yeah, uh, Taking Back Sunday has some songs that I, okay. I think, I'm, I'm trying to remember which ones, but because um, I'm trying to remember like, did I actually find that one recently or not? <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. There, there are some bands that are just criminally underrepresented when you start getting into karaoke. Like I keep wanting the same yeah. bright eyes, but like early, early bright eyes, like lifted or the soil is in the soil, keep your ear to the ground, like level yeah. bright eyes. And it's just, yeah, they don't exist at karaoke. Okay, Kim Petras. Kim Petras. I really want to sing some Kim, Kim Petras and I can't find it in karaoke anywhere. So that, yeah, that one just occurred to me. Heart to Break is the one I would love to sing. Okay, you're in a brand new place while traveling. You only have a chance to sing one song. Uh, what song do you pick to make your mark? I mean, I would bust out my share. Specifically what share? Oh, uh, Turn Back Time. I turn that time back. Turn it all the way back. <laughs> so you've been everywhere. You've been in lots of bars. You host lots of karaoke nights. If you could magically strike one song from every karaoke playlist forever, which song would you choose? Fuck Her Gently by Tenacious Fucking D. <laughs> Ooh, okay. I, like, when they say Zanzibar, like, the hair stands up on my neck. I'm like, it's not that funny. Like, I'm sure I'm going to, like, this is going to make me very unpopular, but it's just how I feel. Some songs, like, are just, they, like, you just, they wear you down. And then, like, 
a close second would, I'm sure you've heard this one a lot, is Picture by Kid Rock and Cheryl Oh, Crow. we've heard that once or twice, maybe. Yeah. Maybe once or twice we've heard Picture mentioned as... I know everyone would want to say Don't Stop Believing," but that video I made kind of rekindled my, like, Don't Stop Believing" feelings. <laughs> yes, let's talk about that for a split second before we get into your part of the game. Tell us about that video, because that's how we found yeah. you when I was, like, researching something for a previous episode. Like, we'll put it in the show notes. We'll, we'll put it out Great. there, because obviously yeah. it's, it's a audio medium podcast but you really need the video to get what it is across i like every single karaoke host in the world have seen people sing don't stop believing quite a few times <laughs> and you know i yeah i started to feel really negative and dark about it i was like ugh, this again or like you know a lot of kjs me included now like i charge 20 bucks to sing it um but we we all got tired of it so i had this idea of like my my husband uh will or his video video making persona is Jazzrupt, <laughs> shot by Jazzrupt. He, uh, he's a video editor, so I, I talked to him about this. And I was like, if I filmed a bunch of people singing this, can you edit it together for me? And like, as if it were one song. And he was like, yeah, no problem. So I started filming and I ended up filming for five years. Like I just kept collecting content. I was, I was filming Sweet Caroline also. And so, um, so I gave him all the footage and he edited it together. And we, we reviewed all the like videos and found like the key parts that we thought were cute. But he, Will did all the editing. He was the, the mastermind for that side of it. And when we watched it back, both of us were just like, what have we done? <laughs> like, it was magic. So we put it up on YouTube, put it up on Reddit, and then it like ended up on the Today Show website. And I, I think just a lot of people, anyone who's been to karaoke knows that Don't Stop Believing is just like a go-to. Uh, but yeah, like I, it got to a point where I, like when people would turn it in, I would be excited because I'm like, oh my God, another video for the collection. And yeah, and it was also like so great because you know, that was my, uh, The Attic was my weekly gig for seven years. And it was kind of this nice, like seeing all my regulars in it. It was like sort of like a little love letter to that gig. <laughs> Like, uh, so yeah, I'm, uh, I'm gonna make another soon because now my new, my new weekly spot where I DJ uh, is called Queer Bar uh, here in Seattle and I'm also at another bar called The Cuff and these are queer friendly bars and it's a different demographic than the sports bar so we have different regular songs that we see so I'm gonna make one for Feeling Good by Michael Buble, we, I get that pretty much every time and uh, but the, the only thing is it's sung well, like it's the good singers so I'm a little like, oh shit, can we, can we fuck this up a little? <laughs> I fucked it up once. I had a accidental mashup of that and Shaggy at a bar in Florida because they somehow were playing two tracks. And I was like, no, I'll just, I'll figure it out. It won't be good, but I know both. I'll get through it. Good for you. Way to roll with that. <laughs> um, yeah, then I'm seeing Fergalicious a lot. And for, I'm starting to feel negative feelings towards Fergalicious the way I did for um, Don't Stop Believing. So I think it'll, it'll empower Fergalicious if I start filming it. That's the most clever way I've ever heard of, of kind of like changing your feelings about a song because those are challenges that people don't think about that, you know, KJ's had to work through is the fact that, you know, you heard Don't Stop Believing. You've been doing this for 10 years, probably like what, couple thousand oh, yeah. times. My new favorite point. thing to do when people turn it in is I'm like, oh, that sounds fun. What's that song? <laughs> Who's that? I've never heard of them before. <laughs> I want that to be like a, a dead serious, like somebody like, I, I would love to see some of the responses you get to if you react like that. That'd be <laughs> yeah, wonderful. they're usually like, you haven't heard of Don't Stop Believing. I'm like, I'm fucking with you. <laughs> Baby Van Beasley. You've been so wonderful. And you like you got through our, our game. Hit me with your best shot. Great. So the last part of this is you get a chance to fire away. Ed and I know things and have stories and things. So you get a chance to ask us one question. It can be karaoke related or otherwise. And we solemnly swear that we'll tell the truth. What was a time when you were so like wasted that you sang karaoke that you 
either just like butchered it or it was just gold. Like, <laughs> like I want to know like your most drunken karaoke moment because we've all, oh, we've all been there. <laughs> I know mine. I was like blackout drunk and they called me up and I was singing Believe by Cher and my sister was like, don't do it. And I was like, I'm gonna, I'm singing it. And I walked up to the stage like. So drunk I could barely stand up, and then the minute the music hit, it was like I was dead sober again. Under your body, I just busted it. The music sobered me. I want to know if you have anything similar. So when I was a younger lad, about 22, I was in Florida, kind of on a break. I used to do this program called AmeriCorps, and we were doing disaster relief after Hurricane Katrina and Rita relief. And they pull us out of the disaster areas for about a week to like debrief and like just got together with about 10, 15 people. We all went out and we went to a club at like 6 p.m. for like, because they had happy hour. We were poor people doing this service program at the time. They had dollar drinks for like two hours. So I got there and I'm like, well, I want to I wanna go hard for these two, like two hours that we're, we're at this club that they have dollar drinks. And I drank an uncomfortable amount of liquor, especially for being 22 and still learning. Like there's, there's still reason that uh, 15 years later, I still won't touch a white Russian uh, was because of that night and what I did in two hours there. So after we left that place, because we left after the dollar drinks were done, we decided, well, we're going to find, we wanted to find karaoke. I am hammered out of my mind. And all I remember about getting to this place, we pull up to this place. I remember it was like a little dive bar place. I sang something at karaoke, barely got through it, threw up on their floor, got thrown out of the bar. It's the only time I've ever been thrown out of a bar. And it's the only time I've lost parts of a night because I do remember getting back in the van that we showed up in. Don't remember the trip back. Remember falling out of the van to throw up again and then waking up next morning on the floor of my hotel room surrounded by bottles of water. So that's my story. That's my drunk story that's inherently tied to karaoke. It's not a blackout. I did an amazing thing. It's like I got thrown out of the bar for the only time in my life and I still feel bad about it to this day. And you still don't know what song you sang? No idea. Oh, wow. That's great. I mean, I, no <laughs> I don't want to be that guy, but Adam knows I'm going to end up being that guy. I like, I very rarely get drunk. Mm -hmm. Like not oh, okay. for lack of trying sometimes. Uh, I did. I, I remember blacking out at karaoke uh, on my birthday once because uh, the owner of the bar, because of how much I guess we spent there and how much time we spent there, gave us a, a full jigger of shots that somebody left unattended. So I did 11 shots in a minute. And uh, like, I mean, they were, they were not like, they were probably they, they weren't like the most alcohol heavy shots, but 11 shots of anything in, in that period of time is not good. But I was like, guys, there's all these shots. So I did the 11 remaining. I don't remember anything from that night anymore, but that's not the story I'm going to go with. Uh, another night that I know I was drunk and I want to use this one because it's when Adam, it was the first time he left me. See, he has this thing about leaving me. He moves away and he goes and he leaves me. I do. And it breaks my heart every oh, time. No. I mean, the one time he, <laughs> the the abandonment. One time he sang like really sappy <laughs> songs to me and I openly wept in the bar. Uh, and the person I was dating, I love and the that person I was so dating much. at the time looked at me and was like, "You were just pathetic." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." I I sang at a uh, at a pack bar, one of the regular places we used to go to. They didn't have the instrumental for the song that I wanted to sing, so I sang a cappella. I sang "We'll Meet Again" by like Johnny Cash's cover of "We'll Meet Again" a cappella in a bar. Most terrifying night of my life too, because I sang it for Ed, and it was a packed bar that all of a sudden went dead silent that you could hear a pin drop when I started singing. And I'm like, yeah, so terrifying for me, but that's what I did to Ed is we'll meet again. But the same night there, there is photographic evidence. Cause I think we got Adam a cake. Yes, you did. We smushed cake in each other's faces like a married couple. And uh, I'm rolling on the ground, laughing my ass. Like I have never seen myself as drunk in a picture as I have the pictures from that night. And uh, looking back on it, it makes me sad. Cause I was skinnier. I, uh, I had hair. I had hope for the future, but like, so 
but at the same time, it's a really good memory. Like any anytime Adam and I are together, it's a good memory. I just love best friendship <laughs> so much. Like, I mean, and especially like the karaoke connection, best friendship. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that's what uh, one reason why I really love what I do is the regulars. And like, I get really close with the people that come to my shows. Like, I can't even tell you how many weddings I've DJed because people were like, our first date was your karaoke night. Aww. And uh, and it was like really important to us that you came, that you were here with us like the day we got married. And yeah, no, like I, I love I love these like the karaoke connection, like the, you like really get close through it yeah it really is like when we started going to karaoke is really when we became you know really strong friends i wouldn't be i wouldn't be into karaoke if it wasn't for adam and i've said it before and he disagrees but i don't think we would be this good of friends had we not had those experiences together at karaoke bars yeah totally yeah Yeah, because i I mean he's a pittsburgh fan i'm a phillies fan it's uh you know like we never the twain shall meet never (laughs) it's classic romeo and juliet experience yes exactly exactly I don't know sports at all. I'm I'm just making certain, things up. Well, you you went Romeo and Juliet, which is the next best option you possibly could have gone for between Ed and I. So, Vanessa, this was so wonderful. Thank you for doing this. It's been such a joy to talk to. You. It really has. Yeah. No. Th- really. Thank you so much for reaching out to me. Like, it, I just love talking about karaoke, and mm-hmm. there are not like too many people I can really just like rip it with on this level. I'm I was really really excited to be here and a part of your show. Yay. So thank you so much. It was really great meeting you both. Like, it really was. You're some rad dudes. Oh, thank you. Baby Van Beasley, where can people find you? You can find me. Well, first of all, um, find me on my Instagram so you can follow shows. That's at Baby Van Beasley. Beasley is spelled B-E-E-Z-L-Y. So go ahead and give that a follow. Uh, you can find me every single week at Queer Bar. On Thursdays, I play music for a drag show called Mothership, and then I host karaoke afterward. Fridays and Saturdays, I play music for the a drag show called MX, and then I DJ the dance floor all night long, just like all of your favorite like pop and top 40 that you could ever imagine. Uh, it's a real sweaty mess, we love it. That's Fridays and Saturdays. And then Sundays, I host karaoke at a bar called The Cuff. Uh, I'm also available for private bookings. And then I coming up in December, I have my passion project, which is a party night called Queens of Pop. Only female pop icons all night long. Everyone's welcome, but it's like a really nice like girls' night out. Uh, you know, wear whatever you want, like let your hair down, like just come and have fun. But yeah, fi- find me on Instagram to really follow all my shows for sure. Once again, Vanessa, DJ Baby Van Beasley. It's been such a rad time talking to you, cutting loose about karaoke. Thank you again, and we hope to see you singing out of screen. Yes, I soon. hope that as well. Well. Baby Van Beasley promised us a great share, and she delivered. Here's Vanessa singing, If I Could Turn Back Time.
you liked what you heard, you should follow us on Twitter at sung poorly. Send us an email, sung poorly at gmail.com. Chef's kiss. Oh, guess what, guys? We have a web page, sungpoorly.com. We got all the sexy, sexy karaoke content that you crave. So swing by sungpoorly.com. Another one of the best ways that you can spread the love of this podcast and karaoke is by sharing an episode with a friend as word of mouth recommendations really do a lot to help us spread the karaoke gospel. You know who else helps us spread the karaoke gospel? Ben Dumb theme songwriter for our show dear dear friend check out his project the ben dumb three on spotify or other music platforms in two weeks from now we're going to talk to the owners of a brand new spot combining karaoke with paint and sip for an upscale urban experience that's all that's it there is no more so until next time i'm adam wainwright i'm ed Kennard. and remember that singing off key is still technically singing When researching a previous episode, we came across a brilliant video no. of a compilation. No, 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 no. No, what are you, you talking you, about? You didn't say when. You said some word that was not when. What? You said we. No, I. No, I. I it came through funny. I'm just okay. It came okay. Great. Sure, <laughs> let's gonna, try it. I'm gonna side with that on this one. Sorry. <laughs> let's try it again. I. I could have swore when came out of there, my there, mouth. There, there, there <laughs> were there were multiple consonants missing. That was very okay. I respect the perfectionism. Weird. And we're not even drinking for this one. So okay. I mean, I mean, well, well, I'm not. <laughs>